Hey, everybody, welcome to Social Beauty Makers, a weekly podcast featuring fast-paced 15-minute conversations with industry masterminds, plus a weekly bonus episode on trends in tech and more for salons. Before we get started, if you like the podcast, I hope you'll leave a rating and or review. And even better, hit the subscribe button. All those things help others to find us. And for easy access to new episodes and more, early access, actually, sign up for my free weekly e-newsletter over at socialbeautymakers.com. I am Gordon Miller. Thanks for tuning in. I'm excited to welcome um, Jack Howard, hair colorist extraordinaire, hair colorist educator. He actually works behind the chair that excites the heck out of me. Um, he's a podcaster, the Jack Howard Color Podcast. Um, he's a brand ambassador, uh, works with L'Oreal Professionnel, one of my favorite companies out in the industry. I love them all, but but LP has a, has a place in my heart. And so um, I want to welcome Jack Howard to the podcast. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. We were just talking. Um, we we both. Uh, I have a cat allergy. I'm I'm doing a little Benadryl from time to time. I, I sound a little gruff this morning, I think. And um, I didn't, I hadn't thought that Benadryl can make you kind of sexy, but I'm I'm going to go with that. And and <laughs> <laughs> and and you've been doing a little Benadryl from time to time, so you get yeah. it too. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. I had lots of black coffee this morning, though, Gordon. So mine wasn't black. I I do the cream and sweetener, but I'm I'm keeping up with you, Jack. That's for sure. There you so, go. So before we get started, um, I, I have to say congratulations. I, the show schedules are out everywhere I look. There's Jack Howard. Um, I know you are. Um, Anaheim's the first show coming up, I think. I can't even get the calendar straight in my head. But um, I know you're doing um, the Hairbrain Teaching. Congratulations for that. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm really super excited about this year. My first full year in the USA doing the show circuit, which I've done in the UK, um, and I realized that I had to get out and about and meet people and see people and meet other artists and, and build that community. And it's a great way to do it. And, you know, you we've talked about this in the podcast we did with Hairbrain, but, you know, you spent a lot of pandemic knowingly or unknowingly building kind of a Jack Howard community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the only thing that kept me sane in that <laughs> pandemic, the, the sort of the digital thing. And although digital's great. And it certainly was really helpful in the pandemic. It is, I, I love being out and about. I love being with other hairdressers. I, I like it. The, the bounce, the feeling, the emotional stuff, it's really good. And in, in the mix of all that, you were doing education, you know, digitally, you know, you of course had the podcast, which we mentioned, and you're continuing to do those things. And you do them in your own Jack Howard kind of way, which I, I so love. And I would recommend that anybody listening, you know, absolutely go check those things out. Now, you and I met for the first time in Chicago not that long ago. Yes, last year. And, yeah. Yeah. And um, that wonderful, we had a wonderful dinner. It was great, you know, getting to know you. And, you know, you are, I was going to say in my Rolodex, that's just showing my age. And I actually don't have a Rolodex, but I still refer to them <laughs> like I do. <laughs> my phone is, is now a Rolodex, you know, but, but in my list of top five gays that Gordon wants to stay in touch with, you know. <laughs> Jack Howard, I'm on, I'm on the, I hit, made the list. You you absolutely made the gay list. <laughs> so you, you made my list too. So I want to be on as many gay lists as I possibly can. So uh, that's that's number one. Uh, you, I, I got to start asking around if I've made any other good gay lists. <laughs> so and and I mentioned, you know, I'm I'm launching an event uh, this fall for members of the professional community who are parts of the larger gay community, the LGBTQ. IA plus that we keep growing the acronym and I'm thrilled about that, but I sometimes struggle with it a bit. And, uh, but it made me, you know, kind of just think about the lives that we've lived 
you and I as gay men in the industry and what came before that. And I always tell folks, you know, one of the reasons I'm here is just because at a very young age, I realized as someone, someone who's not a hairdresser, like this is an industry that welcomes people like me, um, even though I was still trying to discover me at, at, at that time. And through pandemic, we're having all kinds of conversations about that. So I, I, I kind of want to just dig into this conversation about being gay in the industry. And I'll, I'll just let you riff for a second. I've got a few little bullet points, but any just quick reaction? It's such a good one, right? Because our industry is so inclusive. And I never really had behind the chair in the salons from small little villages to big cities. I never really experienced homophobia mm-hmm. in that, just working behind the chair. But within the industry as a whole, I have experienced homophobia over the, the 41 years this year, 41 years I've been doing it. And it, it's when you're out and about and you're talking to people and if, when I'm talking about inclusivity, everyone's like, yeah, you know, we've got, we've got all sorts in our staff room and everyone's really kind. But I think as you want to go up the ladder, um, then I feel like I have experienced it. And it's interesting because, you know, we, we talk about all the isms, you know, and racism, sexism, you know, homophobia, you know, falls within it. And it, I don't know, as I get older, sometimes I think, you know, within the corporate structure of all of America, all, all of the world, that as people do move up, they're looked at differently, you know, in, in who they are and how they present themselves. All kinds of lists or items are probably on that list. And those isms sadly kind of creep onto those lists, I think, as people are moving up in power and authority, which is which has resulted in, in, in a country with some of whatever reputation of white white guys being, you know, having more power than anybody else. And I think it, I think it relates to what you're talking about. The, a variety of those isms get people tossed off a list. I think, I, you know, I really do think it does. I mean, I'm pretty bold and strong and um but i i think that people have tried to stand in my way simply because of my 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 gayness or my homosexuality or Mm -hmm. however you want to put it but i've refused to i don't think that i go along when i was younger i'd have hot pants and a flag right but i don't Mm -hmm. think i'm like that now um but i refuse to disappear um i refuse not to be seen and one of the things about being an older gay man in our industry and in the world as a whole, especially at my age, I'm sort of 57, a lot of older role models died um, through the AIDS pandemic. And so there, you, you quite often don't see many older people there representing you or showing you the path. And that can be disheartening or disappointing or, you know, difficult. Oh, there's no doubt. And and um, I remember seeing a documentary with Fran Leibowitz, um, you know, social commentator and mm. all kinds of amazing things. And she, she made the point that um, as someone who lived through those years, uh, of the worst years of the pandemic, that the arts community globally was decimated. And, and art, she, she, she included the entertainment industry, Broadway. She's like, you know, how many great Broadway shows were never written because we lost those people? How many great songs, great paintings were never painted? And, you know, that's interesting. And of course, from within that, you know, come so many role models. Um, and then the other side of the coin, like my role models growing up. So I was one of these kind of uh, curious gay kids. I didn't know I was gay, but I figured it out pretty quickly. Daycare for us was a library. Back in the day, you could just drop your kids at the library. And so my mother did. And I, was, and I figured out the Dewey Decimal System, which told you where the, all the books are. And, and my grandmother was talking about homosexuality one day and when I was in first or second grade. And I was like, 
I think she's talking about me. I got to go to the library and get a book <laughs> and, and did and kind of figured everything out. I was like, oh, well, this is good. Well, oh, this doesn't sound so good, but maybe I'll figure it out. And there was a comedian named Paul Lind in that era, and he was very famous on television. And he was clearly to any of us who were gay was so, so gay, but he was like the gay clown. And I so related to him and went, I'll be okay because Paul Lind is here. He's in front of us. We all know who he is. Nobody wants to talk about it, but it's okay. I can wiggle my way through the world. And there's a lot of dysfunction in that, right? You know, there's a lot of dysfunction. But the role model part was key to me because it gave me hope. Mm. I think I didn't want to be anything that I saw on TV. Mm -hmm. I don't disagree. My sort of internal homophobia that's still very present and I still have to work on does not want to be overly effeminate. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's somehow to me, you know, those those messages I got when I was younger, I don't want to be like a, a Larry Grayson or a, you know, Liberace or any mm-hmm. of that stuff. Yep. Um, yeah. So I'm here sat here with nail polish on, right? Um, and having a good time. I think, I don't know. It just... I still, I still struggle with some of my internal homophobia, which is the messages that I got when I was a kid. And there's this book called, I think it's called The Velvet Rage that I've just mm. ordered to read. Getting into someone else's story, I'm sure to give you context, a different, a different kind of context, I would hope. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I think that the stuff that we all carry around with us. So, so a lot of the conversations about inclusivity now and within the, the gay community and the bigger gay community I sometimes I personally struggle with. It's not the inclusivity part of it is, it's that I just no longer understand it all. And I'm also terrified in in some way of offending someone um, and, and getting it wrong. And I was in this fantastic, fantastic meeting. And, you know, all the kids were like tapping all the messages in online. And I'm like, I can hardly see through my three lenses and type. And <laughs> um, Our progressive lenses catch yeah, up with us. <laughs> yeah. And all the kids were like, yeah, yeah, I love this conversation. But the message that stood out to me was from um, a trans woman who said, look, if you get the pronoun wrong, if you get something wrong, don't kind of make it a big story. Carry on. If you have an opportunity to say, I'm sorry, that's fine. Don't worry about it. At least you're attempting to have that conversation. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that that feels a little bit easier for me. And if we take that back to when I came out, so I came out in the 80s, um, very much a difficult time within the gay community and the world as a whole. There were lots of people that didn't know what to do with me and how to approach me. But it was like, as long as you sort of live and let live, that's the best place to start with, I think. And there were loads and loads of hairdressers who maybe hadn't met a gay person before or weren't bothered by it, which is like the norm. And everyone was like, this is, this is a safe space for you within the staff room, you know, but on the salon floor. I brought a graphic designer on recently, a freelancer, founder online. And one of the things that kind of drew to me, her skills look great, her portfolio looked great. And then she called herself a queer designer. Her name is Megan. Um, she's from Iowa, and we hopped on the phone together. Had a great conversation, and going to be doing some things with her. But when we were getting ready to be done, I said, um, "You know, I'm a gay man. I just want to say that up front. I'm, you know, excited to be working with you and supporting, you know, someone within the community." I said, "I just have to say this because we were getting on." I said, "I just have to say this to you. I'm an old gay. You know, I've been around for a while, and." Um, I'm so thrilled what you guys are doing. I hate the word queer. I hate it so much. And I'm just going to say it out loud to you. And I'm going to say it 
and not ask you to not say it. I say, because I know it's so important to your generation and to how you all feel. And, and I get it. Um, but I've been beat up with that word physically and, and, and emotionally. And I said, so, so I said, then I, I just want, and I said, I, I like to share that every so often with the younger generation, um, just to get an acknowledgement, you know, that, that you understand our history, not that you need to change the word. And I think that's interesting because I think a, a lot in true of most things in life, we don't always know history nowadays. No, I love the word queer. I used it in the eighties when I was part of ACT UP in London and I sort of that whole reclaiming of the word I don't use it now but I rarely say that I'm gay I kind of feel like I'm an aging homosexual (laughs) Um, because you know I'm not not out in the clubs and the bars right right um, you know because it's like if I get up early then I'm I'm gonna go to bed early so I kind of feel like I'm an aging homosexual and then I look (laughs) I look around and I'm like actually there there aren't too many of us that are out and proud and being seen. And I kind of think, like, I quite like that. I quite like being that person that's sort of saying, hey, been 41 years in the industry. I've been 57 years on the planet. I've lived a good life. I'm gay as well. But, you know, this is this is who I am now. We could go on and on. I don't know. We, we've opened up a little, a couple little doors here. We don't have a lot of time to, to go any deeper into them. Um, so I'm going to give you a, one of those last thought moments in case you've got any kind of wrap up and all that. I feel like we need to maybe get some other people together and do a series of these. I think, I think this could be a, a very interesting, fun conversation that we could you know, be a little bit more expansive around. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm up for a good old chat. You know, I am. I love, I love talking. Very, very good. So, so, so any last thoughts and it's whether it's to the larger audience, many of whom I hope are allies to our community or members of the community themselves and any thoughts I, there, there are so many things to unpack in all of that right really are yeah. there in the sort yeah. of like that little fun conversation um to sort of younger people out there i think that you get more comfortable with yourself as you go through life um but i think also don't dismiss people who are older i think ageism whether you're gay or straight or whatever you are i think it exists and i think that one of my my things is that I'm just, I refuse to not be seen just because I'm 57, 56, 57. I want to be seen. And I think there are a lot of people out there, our age group, who have something to bring to the table. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. So Jack Howard, shows are coming up. I, I want to give you a moment to tell people where you're going to be because uh, people are rushing back to beauty shows and I, I see you kind of all over them. Oh, thank you. So I'm going to be in Anaheim which is brilliant with Social Art House, which is my management company. I'm going to be in Chicago, where hopefully I'm going to see you. You the American will. Beauty Show. And then I'm going to be in Premier Orlando. And all of them, uh, well, not the first one, but the other two, I'm going to be doing classrooms, which will be free. I'm doing panels uh, of conversations. And also I'll be on stage. So I am there. Come say hi. You were there. You were everywhere while you were there. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and it's it's your giant coming out party in America this year. Um, you've oh, been here, for, you've been here for a while, but you're you're coming out in the big way. And, and I encourage everybody to, to to make the time and take the time 
to see Jack Howard at one of these shows. So let me say a big, sincere thank you to our guest today, Jack Howard. Again, Jack Howard Color across all the different platforms. Really recommend this podcast and his education. Um, and to the audience, I want to say, if you like the podcast, I'd appreciate a like, subscribe, or share. Better yet, leave a review. Uh, visit us over at socialbeautymakers.com and sign up for our free e-newsletter. Comes out once a week, brings you new content, also brings you last week's podcast, and it brings you early access uh, to the future podcast. So if you want to listen a little bit early, come on by socialbeautymakers.com. Once again, thanks to Jack Howard. I'm Gordon Miller. I am most excited to bring you more good stuff next time.